Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Steve Schellenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Steve is the number one national best-selling author. He's successfully started 11 businesses in three separate industries. He is a highly sought-after keynote speaker and corporate trainer for organizations around the world, an executive coach, the father of six, and the founder of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Here is Mr. Steve Schallenberger. Welcome to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners, wherever you might be in the world today. This is your host, Steve Schallenberger, and we have a very interesting guest that has some great information to share on successful living and also how to be a successful entrepreneur and businessman. And we welcome today Jim Palmer. Steve, how are you doing? Thanks for having me on your program. Love the name, by the way, Becoming Your Best. It's awesome. <laughs> well, that's the spirit, isn't it? It is. I mean, we're, we're all born for greatness, so becoming our best is something that should be a daily, uh, a daily thing in our lives, for sure. Well, that's, that is it, all the way. And it fits in so nicely with the things that you've talked about. I can't wait to get to our actual visit. And before we get started today, I'd like to... Uh, tell our listeners a little about your background. Of course, you can talk more about that, but um, Jim Palmer is a master at marketing and business building. Uh, he's an expert in this area. He's a coach. Uh, he is the founder of Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Uh, he's also the host of the Newsletter Guru TV the hit weekly web TV show watched by thousands of entrepreneurs and small business owners, and he's also the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, a weekly podcast based on Jim's unique brand of smart marketing and business building strategies. Now, he has a lot of other experience, and that's going to come out in our interview. I can't wait to talk with him. So, Jim, if you don't mind, let's just start with your background. As a young man, a youth, maybe key turning points, uh, and what led you to do what you're doing today? Oh, my misspent youth. How long is the program? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, uh, I started working when I was 15, you know, and, and um, I, just like I have four children, my family had four children, and if I wanted to have a car or buy records, you know, the old vinyl records or go on dates, I had to get a job, so that's what I did, and I've been working ever since. I started in retail like a lot of 15-year-olds, and oh boy, you know what just occurred to me, Steve? I was making a dollar sixty-five when I started. Wouldn't that drive some people crazy today? <laughs> But uh, yeah, I worked. I just kept working and and accepting more responsibility. Did really well for myself. I was I got married when I was twenty one. Uh, we had our first of four children at twenty three, and by thirty, I had four kids. And you know, just had had, had done had done really well for myself by basically keeping keep accepting uh, challenges and opportunities and promotions. I never said no to any boss I've ever had, and and so much of that, as I look back, is is really what's prepared me for what I'm doing today. Well, it sounds like you really developed a work ethic early on. Would that be accurate to say you had to fend for yourself and learn those kind of habits? Uh, yes, it's very fair. And um, what's interesting is that uh, 
I'm sure we're going to get to this in a little while, but, um, you know, there was a point in my life where I was doing some really, uh, going through some hard times and, uh, my kids at the time were, were teenagers and they learned that, uh, dad could no longer provide bowling money, movie money or whatever kind of money they needed on a Friday night. If they wanted to do anything, they had to go get jobs. So we really believe in, um, you know, work ethic is very, very important. And, and again, um, you know, it's, it's something I teach, but it's something uh, a lot more people need to teach, you know, especially to uh, younger generations, I think, today. Exactly. Yeah. Hard work. Uh, for some people, uh, that scares them a little bit. <laughs> well, it does. It, it's astounding when you hear. Well, I don't I don't want to be uh, negative Nelly here, but it's astounding when you talk to some people, especially coming out of college, and they think they're going to get like a 60 or $100,000 a year job. Well, I, I don't know whatever happened to, uh, you know, start starting. Not that I'm opposed to starting higher up than the bottom, but, you know, some people actually uh, benefit when you start there and, and, and learn and grow and experience and 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 work your way up. I mean, the, the reason there is the top 1% in, in society or in business in general is that there are, there are a small amount of people generally who are willing to do things that other people are not willing to do. So they can live the life other people aren't willing that other people aren't going to have. I mean, it, it is about hard work. There's this uh, microwave or lottery ticket mentality is, is really pervasive in our society. But all, all the people that I hang with, I'm quite sure the same thing for you, Steve, the people you interact with, those are people that are really getting out there and making it happen and, and not waiting for it to happen. Exactly. That is one of the things that sets apart really highly successful leaders from all of the rest is that they are really focused at what they do. They don't mind you know, rolling up their sleeves and getting after it. Exactly. And when someone wants to start a business, you know, I say, listen, if work-life balance is something that's really important to you, you should hold off because when you start a business, it's, I mean, it's 24-7, seven days a week. You know, you're going to be missing some games and recitals and, and, and soccer games and things like that. But, you know, it's, it is hard work. And that's, that's just one of the reasons, you know, it's it, the, the success rate is small, just like it is, uh, you know, in, when anybody starts a business. Well, right. Now, you uh, just a few minutes ago, you just made a little reference to that we have setbacks. All, mm-hmm. You know, all of us have setbacks and challenges and things happen. Uh, what's the biggest challenge in your life, whether it be in your personal life or your business life? And then, then how did you handle it? Well, it was actually a twofer. (laughs) And um, so when I was uh, in summer of 2000, I was, I think I was 41 at the time, 41 or 42. And I had done really well for myself. My goal was to become a VP by 40. And I did that. Uh, But then my position was eliminated, as I like to say, (laughs) which is a little bit of cleansing up. I mean, I didn't get fired, but, you know, (laughs) it's kind of a painful word. But anyway, my position was eliminated with the company as VP of marketing at the time. And I really, Steve, I had a really kind of a healthy ego and confidence. I thought I'd do really well. And I told my wife, who we had been for years, she had been a stay-at-home mom. And so I was the sole breadwinner of the family. And I said, honey, don't worry about it. I'll be fielding multiple lucrative job offers in, in a couple of weeks, a month at the outside. Well, Steve, that turned into 15 months. Wow. You know, we lost, yeah, we lost 
this meager savings we had because, you know, family of six is expensive. And um, we went into debt, you know, keeping our insurances paid and things like that. And this thing 14 inches like called food. So um, and then uh, 12 months into what I now refer to as my season of crises, 12 months into it, I was diagnosed with uh, melanoma. Oh and so now I, I went through about a six or seven week journey where I wasn't sure if I was going to be around in five years. And um, so all that was just incredibly stressful. And then um, really kind of cutting a long story short, I was offered a position to help uh, franchise this company in um, late August of 2001. Actually, just before I was going in for surgery, I got the offer. So I kind of thought, well, all right, now I just got to get healthy because I, I felt like I had one monkey off my back. And then when I was recovering, I was laying on the couch on uh, September 11, 2001. And just like so many people, I watched the... Uh, terrorist attack and the planes hit the towers. And um, about five days after that, Steve, my soon-to-be employer said, you know, we got to put our plans on hold because I'm sure you remember it was pretty scary times. We didn't know what we were doing, the country going to war, you know. So um, so we said, well, Jim, let's just stay in touch, but, uh, you know, we're going to put this on pause. And that really, you know, I kind of felt like I reached the 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 bottom of the bottom of the barrel at that point. I had no confidence. I had no prospects for work. I really just faced my own mortality. And I kind of said, you know what, there's only one way to go from here, and, and that's up. And, um, you know, I just really prayed for guidance. And, and I was basically, I was led to believe I should be starting my entrepreneurial journey. And I'm like, are you serious? I have no money. <laughs> you know, I'm in debt and I'm going to start a business now. And I started in October 2001 and, and have never looked back. Oh my goodness. That's quite a story of season of crisis. Yes. Well, okay. That is a great story. So how in the world did you ever get refocused and get your business going? Like, like how did you do that? And how did you stay motivated and, and maintain a good perspective and attitude and the thing that was, it was, it was like flipping a light switch because, you know, at that point I'd been unemployed for 15 months and, um, you know, I'd come close over 15 months on three different occasions for really good jobs. And I always kind of whittled down to the one or two and I left at the altar, so to speak. But, um, you know, what was interesting is when I decided to start my business, uh, I instantly felt better because now I have a job again. I felt, wow, I've got something to do. I had no income, mind you. There was no revenue. <laughs> and actually, it took me almost 12 months to start bringing in revenue. And during the 12 months while I was getting things going, I, I actually took a, a part-time job at the local Target. And um, they, they, they had, I had heard from somebody else, a friend of mine that was unemployed, that if you work like the 4 a.m. shift, you can make like, you know, 10 to 12 bucks an hour. Well, you know, I was making darn good money, but here I am stocking shelves at Target at 4 a.m. But that allowed me to get out about 10 o'clock and then come running home and get some food and put on my big boy clothes and go out and try and prospect for business. So I did that for, um, you know, about eight or nine months. And then I started getting some business and I cut my hours back until they either said, you're either with us or without you. And I said, well, I'm not a target guy. So I left and, and, you know, I was finally able to go full time. Well, that, that's uh that is really an amazing story. And I'm so glad that you, that you shared it. Virtually every business person in the world today is looking for ways to be more successful and improve their chances for success. And you just talked about something that was very important. You made a decision, and uh, it's a big decision. Now, you've written a number of really extraordinary books, uh, and I was 
really intrigued and touched by your latest book, which is titled Decide, The Ultimate Success Trigger. So why is that such an important subject for people? You know, I, I, do, I do a couple hundred interviews like this, and I, I do my own podcast. And, um, you know, Steve, about uh, a year and a half ago, Somebody asked me, you know, a lot of times you go, you get asked, well, what's the one thing you would do or something like that? And I heard the, what's the one? And I thought, well, here we go, you know, kind of typical uh, interview. And he said, what's the one word that, in your opinion, most describes what separates ordinary entrepreneurs from highly successful entrepreneurs? And I said, decide. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, highly successful people have the ability to quickly ascertain a situation, a challenge, a question, or whatever. They kind of weigh the pros and cons, look at the pluses and minuses, and then they decide yes or no, but not maybe. I mean, yes or no, and by the way, you have a a pretty good shot at being right either way, although the the more you do it, the better you get at at scoring the right answer. But what thriving, growing businesses, they thrive on momentum, Steve. And when you decide to think about it, and I'm a boater, so in me, that's like throwing two anchors off the stern and trying to get up on plane. (laughs) It doesn't happen. You know, again, growing businesses need momentum, and that requires you to make quick decisions. And... um, that that's kind of why I did the book, and that's kind of a the overarching kind of theme of the book. But as I was writing it and fleshing it out, I started doing my own live events, um, as you mentioned in, in the intro, Dream Business Academy. And one of the modules that I teach is is about uh, it's called mindset, money, and success, because so many people struggle with the concept of money, the relationship they have with money, and it it's, it can really hold them back. So in this session, I actually shared a lot of what I've sort of touched on here, what it was like when I was out out of work, what it was like when I started my business, and I had to actually fund my business and did a lot of it on credit cards and just different things. And then as I started growing and getting successful, what did I do? I tried to pay down the balance. And, but, you know, as I was getting more successful, I kept throwing more money to my, to my debt. And therefore in my head, I didn't feel any more successful than I was a year ago, if you know what I'm saying. Right. I was, yep. Sure. I was bringing in more money, but my paycheck hadn't changed because I didn't increase my pay. You know. Right. And and so things like and I started studying that. And eventually, I hired a mindset coach and I started learning about this stuff. Anyway, I was doing this at a live event and all this stuff and and every about three or four people come up to me, Jim. That ought to be your next book. You've got to talk about the <laughs> mindset piece. And you know, a lot of people, Steve, they say, how do you determine? Who's going to be successful? Well, some people will say you take your God-given skill or talent, your work ethic, your drive, your moral compass, and you know your ambition you, and your mindset, and you put it all in a bowl and you mix it up, and that's going to say, okay, this person's going to do better than this one. I don't think that's 100% right, Steve. What I say is your, your God-given skill or talent, you, you, your moral compass, your drive, your work ethic, your ambition, et cetera, that makes up the machine that is your business, and what fuels that machine is your mindset. And I've met so many people. I've met. I, I mean, I coach doctors, I coach attorneys, and lawyers, and and accountants. And it doesn't matter who's the best technically at whatever the deliverable is. It's who has the mindset that says nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to do this. If I need to go give a speech, or if I'm going to write a book, or if I'm going to do this, that, or the other thing, I'm not going to be afraid of criticism. Nothing's going to stop me. And those people are the ones that really excel. And again, you know, it's not necessarily because they're better at their their craft or whatever it is they're offering. It's because they have the right mindset. 
Right. And that's a very specific mindset, isn't it? It's, uh, it's not just a positive mental attitude. It's really going much deeper than that. It's asking questions like, well, what does my best look like? And, uh, and you make it more, uh, it's a clearer perception and vision of what you can be so that it really does move you and keeps you motivated through the ups and downs. Well, I think you're right. And I think it would even go beyond that because I think a lot of people are motivated to be successful, but they can't necessarily get out of their own way sometimes. And so there's a couple chapters in the book. I kind of did a deep dive in some of these areas. And one, there's two areas I just want to mention real quick. One of them is called uh, Decide Not to Be an Imposter. And that refers to the imposter syndrome. And I've talked to so many people, whether you're just starting out, I've talked to CEOs, and a lot of people uh, will struggle with what's called the imposter syndrome. And that's like, what if I get found out? You know, because <laughs> I've got a title, I'm making good money and all this and that. But what if people really find out who I am, right? And that goes to kind of a low self-esteem. And you have to be aware of that. When I started my business, it was a home-based business. And in in 2001, it was starting to come around. But most people still thought if you have a, a business at your dining room table, that's not a real business, right? So that's kind of that whole imposter syndrome. The other thing which I think holds a lot of people back is what I call being immune to criticism. Because the more you do, the more you do to promote yourself, whether you're writing books, giving speeches, growing your business, the, the, there's an expression, the higher up the flagpole you go, the more your butt's going to hang out, right? Yeah. And I say, but that's okay because the view is better up there. But just know, and Steve, I know you, you've written a, a good book. I don't know if you've written more, but I'm, I'm very familiar with, with your book, Becoming Your Best. And I don't know if anybody ever told you, and I'm just kind of making this up, but on page 172, you misspelled the word son. It says S-U-N. It should be S-O-N. You know, there's, there's any number of people who will do that. And that actually that that actually prevents a lot of people from pulling the trigger because they don't want to be seen as a as a gaff machine. Oh, I love it. And so, in other <laughs> words, when we talk about this mindset, it, it, there's a number of things that goes into having a steely mindset. It's exactly right. And you know, can I, can I give your listeners an actionable thing that they can do if they suffer from immunity? Yes, yes, please. So one of the things that I just because in my business I do. Uh, you mentioned my weekly videos. I've been doing weekly videos for five years. I do a weekly podcast as well. I'm coming up on four years. I've written six books, all kinds of social media. And another, I am out there. And I am an imperfect as as the guy sitting next to me. And, <laughs> or you know, the guy the, you're talking to. <laughs> or, well, there you go. We're all works in progress, right? Yes. But what I decided, and I did this about um, three or four years ago, and I still work on it. I'm, I'm certainly not perfect at it. I still got to work on it every day. But um, what I decided, and there's that word decide again, I decided to be judged on the value of the information and the content that I'm sharing and not the way in which I deliver it. Because when I'm doing my videos, I make mistakes. I'm quite sure when I'm talking to you, I've probably used bad grammar at least once already, or I will. And, you know, I, I'm not perfect, but I've got some good information that has value. So I choose to be judged on the value of the information I share, not in you know, don't rate me on one to 10 on, on how perfect of a, a vessel I am or what platform I use. I love that. I love that. Well, uh, now talking about deciding every single day, we make decisions uh, every single week and month. And some of them are much more important than others, but we still need to make them. I mean, they, they affect both our effectiveness and our efficiency. So how can someone get good 
gain some confidence in, in making decisions. Well, how does anybody get good as a golfer or a tennis player? Or any, it's by so you doing just it. go for it? Well, you got to do it. I mean, you know, <laughs> some decisions are small and some are monumental. And I don't make monumental decisions in 30 seconds, but I don't let them wait for 30 days either, right? And um, the thing is, most people, if you were to be finally in tune with your gut, your intuition, uh, the spirit, whatever you want to call it, you you generally know when something is right. Now, if somebody came to you and said, hey, I've got this great opportunity. Let's partner 50-50. I'm going to take some of this. I'll take some of your stuff. We'll promote it. I'll do all the work and we'll just share the profits. And your head is going, mm, that might be interesting. But your gut is saying, ah, I don't know if I want to tie, tie my wagon to this guy's horses. Or in other words, I don't, I don't know this person too well. I didn't do any due diligence about his reputation and all this and that. And and so your gut is telling you to hold off and your mind is going, ooh, that could be some good cash flow. And you, you really need to pay attention to your gut. I, I think if you listen to your gut, you, it's probably 90% right all the time. The other thing that I say is when you make if, – if you were simply to think about how many decisions you make in a day from the time you get up, do I get up now or do I stay in bed for five minutes? Do I want another cup of coffee? I mean literally decisions and decisions. And when you make good decisions and you make them quickly, they're not all going to be right. But when you're making decisions as an entrepreneur, you, you're, you're feeding your business growth and momentum and you are able to absorb an occasional bad call. Okay, so, you know, the other thing is not every decision is black and white. That worked out. It didn't. You could course correct as you move forward. It's kind of like you can't learn to ride a bike if you're sitting there on the kickstand. You have to be moving forward. Well, I love the bias for making the decision and and the action that comes from that. And and I'm just thinking, in addition to the things that you've talked about, that, that not only will you start developing confidence in yourself as you make good decisions or Maybe you blow one. That, that happens to all of us. Uh, but so that's one thing is you'll start getting confidence in, as you make those decisions. And second is we can educate our mind. We can read books. Uh, we can listen to podcasts. Uh, we can go to seminars. All these things help us get a more seasoned perspective. And maybe that gives us a little more confidence. I completely agree with you. And I want to share something kind of personal with me about three years ago. I, I mean, I'm a massive, I just gave away like five or six cases of books. I cleaned out my office <laughs> and not that I don't like to look at books, but I figured I'm not going to go back and read most of those. So I'm going to give them to Goodwill or the, you know, the Vets Administration or something and, and let them benefit other people. But I also used to attend about six or seven uh, seminars every year. I completely agree with learning is great, but there got to be a point, And actually my mindset coach pointed this out. She goes, you love to learn, but I'm starting to think that all this learning is holding you back from actually making decisions and moving forward. You know, we, we think that, well, I just need, I'm looking for one more thing and then I'm going to go full bore, you know, when I get to a certain point or when I do this. And at some point I really sat back and thought about it, Stephen. I said, you know what, I'm going to keep learning, but I know pretty much what I need to know now to, to really accelerate the growth of my business. And so that's what I decided to do. So I'm not in any way, shape or form saying, don't you, you know, everything I don't, but I just don't feel like I need to go to 10 seminars and, and, and read a hundred books a year in order to be ready to move my business forward. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. That's a book that you can put on your reading list, decide the ultimate success trigger. So, uh, that's one we've got to read now. Uh, you have written uh, quite a few books, uh, and I just love some of these titles. I've had the chance to 
go through uh, a number of them. Uh, here, listen uh, to some of these titles, The Fastest Way to Hire Profits. Oh, oh I like this one, Stick Like Glue, uh, The Magic of Newsletter Marketing. These are all so good. Or how about this one, Stop Waiting for It to Get Easier. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Create Your Dream Business Now. Uh, here's one more. It's okay to be scared, but never give up. Now, as you think about these books, uh, Jim, what's your favorite? What's the favorite of my <laughs> six or what's my favorite book overall? No, the favorite of your six. Which one oh. do you like best? You know, what's interesting is um, I was I was almost going to say decide because it's having a big impact, but I'm going to go with it's okay to be scared, but never give up. I did that with a friend of mine who was also a cancer survivor. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about early detection. And interestingly enough, the first half of that book is is both of our stories. And the second half of the book, Steve, you'll find this interesting, is we ask nine very successful entrepreneurs, what's the biggest challenge you faced in your life and how'd you get through it? So I recognize that question, right? And then we basically uh, interviewed those folks and um, it, they could say anything, whether it was business related or not. But, you know, I, I, I often get comments and emails and social media hits. People say, oh, I love your book, blah, blah, blah. But I got an email from somebody who bought my book, uh, It's Okay to Be Scared. And it, obviously, in my case, early detection saved my life. And and um, she said, Jim, uh, I've been a fan. My husband knows of you also. And I made him read the book. And um, he actually, he's overweight and he was having shortness of breath. He decided to go to the doctor on his own. The doctor said, we got to get you to the ER. When they did this test procedure, they figured he was like 90% blocked. And they did like this, uh, put a stint in or something. Right. But basically her email, long story short, said, my husband would, would have been dead in about 60 days had it not been for your book. Now, I love my books. They bring me clients. But that one, when I, 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 I sent the copy to my uh, co-author and I said, I don't care if we sell another book. This, nothing's going to top this. Well, that's a, that's a touching and wonderful story. And what a noble spirit and necessary spirit this is to never give up because we all get knocked down. And uh, it's, it's not how many times we get knocked down. It's how many times we get up, how many times we've heard that, but it's the truth. We see it over and over again. And that is such a defining difference, which can give all of us hope and encouragement that things can work out if we stay at it and uh, just not give up. It's exactly right, Steve. I mean, when I think about, there's a book called uh, Three Feet from Gold, and I'll, I'll give you the whole thing in about two minutes here. Basically, it's the story of a miner who, who gets a pickaxe and he starts digging, digging, digging. You can picture him going like horizontally through this mine. And he goes and he goes about six months later, he's getting nowhere. He comes out of the mine and sells his, his pickaxe and his shovel and his little bucket to the first person he sees for 10 bucks. That guy goes in and digs three more feet and hits gold. So the, per, the point is you <laughs> never know. You're one call away. You're one introduction away. You're one new client or customer or patient away from really turning your business around. So you, you can't get up. And, you know, remember, I was about 12 months uh, before I got my first client. And I kept thinking to myself, the further I went, some people goes, well, didn't it keep wearing you down? The further I went, the stronger I got because I'll be darned if I'm going to quit now. I just put three months into it, four months into it. Five, I just kept going and said, well, I'm gonna, I'm not, there's no way I'm stopping because it's going to happen tomorrow. 
Well, that's terrific. And sometimes, you know, you do. You just back up and you think about it and say, okay, well, let me try this. And, okay, well, uh, let's see. Now let me try this. And pretty soon you come out and shoot above the clouds and things are extraordinary. So (laughs) that's great. Well, I love to just think about this. and It's a great way to end our podcast today about applying the things that we've talked about and to continue to go forward and learn and, and then decide. Uh, and get some experience about this, but always working on becoming our best, and and these are the things that help us. Now, uh, okay, how can our listeners learn more about what you're doing? Um, I got so many websites I lost count, but my <laughs> home base is www.getjimpalmer.com, getjimpalmer.com. And, um, you know, you mentioned my live event. That is Dream Biz Academy, dreambizacademy.com. Uh, So those would be the two places to uh, check things out. Okay. Well, I would certainly encourage all of our listeners to get that book, Decide the Ultimate Success Trigger. Uh, Jim has so many valuable resources. uh, And uh, I just want to thank you, Jim, for your life, for you, uh, for the things that you've done, for your uh, persistence and your drive and your example. That's really an inspiration. I really appreciate that, Steve. I love your program. You keep inspiring people. And, um, you know, as I said at the beginning, we're all created for greatness. So, you know, settling for a life of mediocrity is a choice, and it's not a good one. Well, good enough. And to all of our listeners, never forget that you can make a difference. Every single day of our lives, we can make a difference. I'm Steve Schallenberger with Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. A rating interview is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.